Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training, lifting, the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits. But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training into your life because it's not just a phase, it is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance. If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com backslash blog. And you can also give me a follow on Instagram at face the climb. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back, Face the Climb podcast listeners. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. And for the returners, ah, I'm so glad that you continue to listen to this podcast and that you find it helpful, or maybe you just find it entertaining. Not sure, but you keep coming back, so that's amazing. Thank you. It means so much. And if you do really love this podcast and you do find it helpful, it would be so, so, so appreciated if you could let other people know about it, okay? Word of mouth is honestly the greatest thing ever. So please, please do share this with your climbing friends. Or if you're on social media, give it a share, give it a like um, on iTunes. And now on Spotify, you can actually rate it as well. So give it a rating or go leave a review on iTunes. It absolutely would mean the world to me, okay? And I am super excited for this episode because this is something that I have dealt with many, many times before, and not just in climbing, but my whole sports career. I had many injuries and dealing with this, and also with climbing. It never fails. It seems like I get injured right around the September, October time, November time, so in the fall. And, you know, this is a me problem. I totally know why this is. And the reason for it is because it's fall. It is prime sending season in the Northeast in the fall. And with that comes my stoke to climb outside every chance I get. So I definitely, the volume of climbing that I do definitely increases significantly during the fall. And if you don't know, a lot of injuries are related to very high volume of climbing. So not necessarily the intensity, but the volume of climbing. And then also if you increase your volume very quickly. And then with it as well, repetitive motions. So if you end up just working the same move over and over and over again, that definitely increases the risk of injuries, specifically overuse injuries. So that's definitely a a me, my mistake. Um, and that goes along with, I kind of forget about it and maybe I turn my eye to it specifically because I'm just so psyched about outdoor climbing in the fall because it is the prime sending season in the Northeast. However, it's something I really need to keep track of for myself. This is definitely something that 
I keep track of for my athletes, you know, when I'm writing their training programs and everything I'm going through, looking at the volume, the intensity levels, and all of that. So then, you know, we really reduce the risk of injuries happening. But of course, for myself, I throw it all out the window and then I just go outside every single fucking chance that I get <laughs> during the fall. And what do you know? I end up with injuries. Ugh. You know, now that I say it out loud, I really, really need to hold myself accountable this fall and keep track of my climbing volume and unfortunately say no to when I get the chance or the offer to go outdoor climbing and also hold myself accountable when I want to go climbing outdoors alone because I do go bouldering outdoors alone. Um, I do also go TR soloing alone if I can't find climbing partners. So, you know, putting somewhere like a sign or reminder and be like, no, Jen. You're not going outside. You need to rest. Too much climbing. Too much climbing. Remember what happens every single fucking year around this time. Ugh. But if you're like me, you have probably dealt with a climbing injury before or just like a nagging um, pain. You know, climbers will say that they end up feeling... Um, elbow pain or just like a nagging shoulder pain, their fingers are tweaky, and so forth. Or you could experience like a full-out injury, which prevents you from climbing um, or possibly more likely prevent like results in you having to decrease how much climbing you're doing, the intensity that you're climbing at. That's probably more likely the scenario. I will say, you know, this podcast episode is going to be mentally dealing with injuries. This is not going to be diagnosing any injuries. That is not my scope of practice, okay? My scope of practice is training. It is not diagnosing. And if you are injured, I definitely recommend, if you have the means to, see a professional. And See a professional that knows climbing because then they'll understand the loads and the forces of the sport. This is especially useful when it comes to finger injuries. In I personally, when I had my finger injury this past fall, I went and saw Dr. Lexi. We've had her on the podcast of Summit Sport Cairo. Definitely recommend her. But there are definitely other professionals out there that do know the sport and work with climbers to help you get back. And a lot of them also do remote. So if you have the means, I definitely recommend it. Or honestly, making the investment for at least one appointment and getting their feedback on it. And they can help you give you direction of where to go next. Because a lot of times the answer is not stop climbing. Okay, I do want you to realize that a lot of the times the answer is not stop climbing because you do want to, at what you're capable of, still load the tendons, okay? Still load, still exercise the injured area. Um, That's going to help with your recovery process. But again, I don't diagnose. That's not my scope of practice. Definitely recommend seeing a professional. Before we dive in, though, of course, we have crack snack and coffee. So this crack snack and coffee so it sounds like a good one. This person, um, her name's, I believe it's pronounced Arena. I could be wrong with that. I am very, very sorry if I am wrong in how I <laughs> said that. But her favorite crag snack is sweet potato 
Noki or it's Noki. I always forget how to pronounce it. I think it's Noki. Sweet potato Noki. Oh, that sounds absolutely delicious. I truthfully would have never, ever thought about having that as a crack snack. And I do love sweet potatoes and I do love Noki. So combining those even sounds absolutely amazing. Like having it be one thing. I've never personally had sweet potato Noki. I believe Trader Joe's has it. I should definitely go get some and bring it for my next crack snack. And her favorite coffee is a military latte, which is matcha and espresso from Soada. I am very bad at pronouncing things, um, so I maybe said that wrong, but I'm gonna guess Soada. But matcha and espresso combined, oh man, so good. I have done matcha foams on my whipped coffees or on top of my cold brews, and that combination is really, really good. So good. And side note, I will say, I actually went to like extra help for speaking all the way up through my school until they no longer offered it, which was like around fourth grade. And they did recommend that I still be in it, but my parents didn't end up sending me somewhere. So whenever there's a word that I don't know, I resort back to what I learned and a lot of times I end up saying it wrong. You know, I went for speech therapy for a very long time. And yeah, I usually say things wrong. <laughs> so just work with me, okay? I resort back to sounding out the letters and then I am usually wrong. Good old me. Gotta love it. But that is a good uh, sweet potato gnocchi and military latte. Gonna have to add that to the list. Maybe I'll make a military latte this week. But I am a big fan of that crack snack and coffee. So let's dig in to the episode, Mentally Dealing with Injuries. Oh man, the first thing that I will say is it sucks. It does. It absolutely sucks. It feels like the end of the world. Those feelings are completely valid. And we are taking a little break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand that yes, what you are going through is valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the buy me a cup of coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. Uh, absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb and or 
doing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. You can find both of those down in the show notes. And again, I cannot thank you all enough for the sport. I absolutely love podcasting. Now we'll get back to the rest of the episode. But you can't let it ruin your life, unfortunately. Okay. And knowing that those feelings are valid, it's great to have someone that is willing to listen to what you're saying and what you're going through, like maybe a friend, but also with that is it's not the friend that's going to tell you like, oh man, it will get better or make you feel bad for venting. So first things first, when you're talking to a climbing friend about how you're feeling with your injury and how it's got you down in the dumps is also ask before you start venting and just be like, hey, like, is it okay if I just like vent to you how I'm feeling about my injury? Make sure you like ask that and have that space be open because maybe they aren't in the headspace to just let you vent um, or they're just not in the right headspace for it. And then also with it is you asking that and with that, with you asking that, be like, hey, do you mind if I just vent about my injury? And like, I'm not looking for advice. I just need to vent. Because <laughs> that's that's another thing with it is a lot of times when you end up sharing how you're feeling with a climbing injury, people will be like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Like, it will get better soon. It will get better soon. Or they'll make you feel bad and be like, oh, well, I have this instead. Or it could be worse. So... Both of those scenarios don't feel good because all you want to do is just vent about how you're feeling. You're not looking for, you know, cheerful, oh, it will get better, just put a smile on. And you're also not looking for hearing, oh, well, it could be worse and like, you know, I'm dealing with this and I have all of that. Like, so creating the space and just letting this climbing friend know and asking them, hey, do you mind if I just like vent right now about how I'm feeling about this injury? And like, I'm not looking for advice or anything. I just really need to vent. Okay, so creating that space for it. That would be my first suggestion, because if you don't, you're probably going to end up getting one or the other responses that I mentioned, like the cheer up, Charlie, or the, well, it could be a lot fucking worse. Okay, be thankful, be grateful. Neither of those are going to make you feel any better. It's just going to make you feel worse. So make sure that you kind of let the climbing partner ask first, but then also create that space and just let them know what you need in that moment. It will end up feeling a lot better. I promise you, it will feel a lot better doing that. The second thing is, like I mentioned, See a professional if you can. So then this way you still know what you are able to do instead of just like stopping completely. Or let's say, you know, you broke your ankle. I'm knocking on wood. That was me knocking on wood. Always need to knock on wood when we say something like that. Maybe in that scenario, you could still top rope. You're in a cast, but you can still top rope with one leg. Or you can at least still strength train. So you can do upper body weightlifting and strength train and you can do hangboarding. So you're still able to do something. You're not just bedridden with it, right? Or perhaps you have 
like an ache and pain like in your finger but if you saw a professional and they were like no like you can still do these things maybe you can only climb at 50 percent so for example with my finger injury in the fall I was doing finger rehab but also like keeping it to 50 percent so I'm still able to climb okay I'm not just going cold turkey but I found out like okay it'd be okay if I was still around 50 percent as long as it's not bothering me I can still climb at least. I can still do the sport. Is it at the same level? No, but I can still at least do this thing. So yes, you have an injured part on your body and it can feel like the world is ending and it can be very discouraging because you're like, oh, I can't climb at my full capacity of where I was at. I felt like I was making so much progress. Well, if you are still able to do some things, that's better than nothing, okay? And I know maybe you don't want to hear that because it does suck because you, I've been there, I've totally been there with you. You're like, oh man, but I was like climbing this level, I was getting so good, and now I can only climb 50% of that, like that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. I won't lie, it does suck. I know that, but it's a whole lot better than not doing anything at all if you still are able to do something. And it's going to be going back and making new goals. So making new expectations. Because the reason that scenario happens and the reason that you could get really down about that and be like, oh, but I was climbing like here, I was feeling so good. And now you have to drop back the intensity and what you're able to do. You have to change your expectations with it. So if maybe if you were, you know, starting to break into V5s, maybe now you're only going to be able to climb V2s or you're only able to do like, you know, mentioning the first example, you broke your you're only going to be able to do upper body strength training and hangboarding and so forth. You have to change your expectations. That is going to be key in making this a better scenario in your head than if you just keep comparing it to where you were at. So changing expectations and then also changing goals and realize that getting back to that level that you were at is possible and it's going to happen a lot quicker if you continue doing something that in the realm of capability with the injury versus not doing anything at all. And let's say you are completely like, you know, can't climb or can't work out for some reason, watch climbing videos, get psych, try to keep the psych high, watch climbing videos to learn about movement. Maybe you have a beta map out of a project that you've been working on outside, you're going through that. So you're still actively engaged mentally with it. So you're not shutting off completely, even if it's just like watching climbing movies and getting psyched through that. I watched The Wall, the film, um, the film The Wall with the following the four Olympic women athletes. Ah, oh, so good. Psych was high. I've rewatched that so many times. So and then at least this way you're keeping yourself mentally engaged with it. Okay, that at least you're able to do something. Is it physical? No, but you are able to do mental engagement with it to keep the psych high. We, we are going to try to keep the psych high. 
and we're going to take a little break to let you all know that I'm now offering a lower cost option if you are not looking for full out one-on-one -on -one customized training programs, which remember, if you want, there is a 15% discount code that you can use from listening to the podcast down in the show notes, and I am still accepting new athletes. But if you're looking for a lower cost option and you're not ready to fully commit to one-on-one -on -one support, I'm now offering beta breakdown videos. Essentially what this is, is you send me videos of you climbing on climbs or specific projects that you have. I'm going to go through those videos, analyze them, give you feedback, maybe give you different beta that you can try, other ways that it could work, strengths and weaknesses, and kind of go from the where you should go next. And if you want, you can go ahead and subscribe to the email list in the show notes, and you will automatically get a free beta breakdown video of me breaking down one of my climbs, a way for you to learn through that as well. And you will end up by subscribing, get monthly beta breakdown videos, and also personal stories and climbing experiences and podcast updates. I really want to create a different email list for you all so that you can learn differently with videos, little training notes here and there, but also through shared stories, okay? A deeper connection. I absolutely love this podcast for the reason that it is a way to connect deeper with you all besides social media. And then with these emails, creating that connection even more through the written word. The written word is so powerful and sharing stories is so powerful. So like I mentioned, you definitely should go down, subscribe to the email list, and then you automatically get a beta breakdown video sent to your inbox. And let's get back to the rest of the episode. And the last thing that I want to mention about mentally dealing with injuries, and this is honestly, I think, the absolute most important one when dealing mentally with an injury, is not taking yourself away from your community, away from your support system. So many times I hear climbers or see climbers and talk to climbers that end up getting injured and they stop going to the climbing gym. They stop going outdoor climbing with their friends because maybe they necessarily can't climb yet or their training is different now. You know, they're limited to what they're able to do, what you're able to do. And what you end up doing is isolating yourself. So here you are, you're dealing with an injury. And with that comes you not being able to perform like you had been. And especially if you had been making progress, it is very disheartening and disappointing and frustrating and anger. And oh, it is all the emotions, sadness. And then on top of that, you take away your community. You're, you take away the, your support system. Yes, I know this. It is so hard to go to the climbing gym and just hang out with your friends and not climb and see your climbing friends climbing and you're not or going outdoor climbing and then only belaying your partner and not climbing or going outdoor climbing and just hanging out at the boulders with your friends and not being able to climb i've been there it is hard 
But you want to know what's even harder? Being alone. Being alone in your house and having a pity party and feeling bad for yourself. And then knowing that your climbing friends are at the gym all hanging out together or they're all going to the crag and hanging out together. When you can still be there, you can still be there with your climbing friends. You can still be there and be part of that community and be enjoying life, okay? You already are feeling shitty about yourself because of this injury. You don't need to make it worse by taking you out of your support system, by taking you out of your community. That is going to make it so much worse. But I will say, I will say, kind of like I mentioned one of the first things I mentioned, if you do end up going and hanging out with your climbing friends and you can't climb necessarily, ask if you can vent to them. So you know they're having it, they are climbing and maybe they're trying hard and everything and they're in the zone. The last thing you want to do is take them out of the out of that zone. So that's probably not the best place or best time to vent to them. Do realize that. Instead, see it as you're just hanging out with your friends at a house, okay? Or like I mentioned, belaying your climbing partner even though you can't climb. They're going to appreciate that so, so much. And on top of that, you're going to feel needed. You're going to feel like you're still helping out and feel like you have a purpose versus just staying home and sulking and feeling bad and feeling shitty. Okay? Like, that is probably the hugest thing is when you are injured Try to still be a part of your climbing friends, still be a part of the community. Um, A lot of times climbing gyms, if you're injured and you end up having to freeze your account, they still let you come in for free and watch. Just make sure you know you tell them like, hey, like I'm just coming in here to watch. I'm not going to climb or anything. Of course, right now, With COVID, I do know that there still is some areas where there's capacity limits, so unfortunately, maybe that's not an option, which is really unfortunate, but if it's, like, if the option is there for you to still just go to the climbing gym and watch, even if you ended up freezing your membership or something, do it. Like, still be a part of the community. Maybe your climbing gym has, like, really fun nights. I know the climbing gym that I'm at will have, like, pint night or something. Still do those things. And when your climbing friends are going outside, like, still go. Carry the crash pad. Be the designated belayer. Like, be a part of the group. The absolute worst thing is dealing with an injury and then on top of that feeling alone and isolating yourself. It is not going to help the recovery process as well because it's just going to make it even mentally more difficult. And it's just, it's creating a shittier situation that's already shit. (laughs) Like, seriously, still, that would be my biggest, biggest piece of advice. Maybe, maybe tied with see a professional, (laughs) but it would be, still be a part of the community, still hang out with your climbing friends, still go to the climbing gym when like your climbing friends are going, still go outdoor climbing with your climbing friends. You know, you, 
it's uh it's the biggest thing i cannot stress that enough i have done it where i've isolated myself and it is shit um it is absolute shit so that would be my my biggest piece of advice you know if you're injured still still take the extra step still show up okay the you need the support system you need the community you still need to feel like you belong like you are part of something that you are part of the climbing world to keep the psych high and to really help you mentally get through it it will definitely be mentally easier yes it's going to be shit watching your friends climb but it is way better than being in your home alone so those are the main points that i wanted to talk about to really help mentally deal with injuries because they happen like i mentioned they happen to me <laughs> okay i currently i currently have still a twisted ankle at this point i sprained my ankle in December, outdoor bouldering, I slipped on leaves. Fucking leaves are the climber's enemy. Wet leaves should not exist. I once threw out my back climbing as well. And what was it from? Slipping on wet leaves, leaving the crag. Wasn't even from climbing. And here I am now dealing with a messed up ankle for pretty much two months. It was a pretty bad sprain. I will say I was, wasn't really able to walk the next day. It was swollen. It still kind of is swollen. I do do my exercises like the ABCs and all of that fun strengthening stuff, <laughs> but I do tape it up for bouldering. It definitely took me a while, you know, practicing falls and getting exposure back, but fuck man, injuries happen. And my biggest advice from beyond what I just mentioned with mentally dealing with injuries is stay the fuck away from wet leaves, climbers. Stay away from the wet leaves. And with that, that is the end of this episode. And I'm just gonna remind you all, you should definitely go and subscribe to the email list and you can find the link in my bio. It's going to be great. If you've been loving the podcast, I am sure you are going to love the emails and the personal stories, okay? It's it's going to be more than just your typical like short little email like here's a training tip. No. I am going to share climbing stories and personal experiences in this climbing world. I really really love writing even though I will say I am not really good at writing structure, so please be aware of that. <laughs> but uh, the written word has so much power, just like the spoken word, and that's why I absolutely love this podcast and podcasting, and I love that you continue to listen and continue to show up and really find this useful and helpful and entertaining. So yeah, you should definitely go and subscribe through the link down in the show notes, and have a good rest of your rest of your day, man, and hopefully, hopefully we maybe one day can all be injury-free. I don't know, but... All right. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to another Face the Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, 
definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows, bench press for barbells and dumbbells. This is guide is jam packed with information and an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting. And of course, make sure you go and follow me on Instagram at face the climb. I would love to see you there and have conversations. All right. Have a good rest of your day, y'all.